Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. David Pritchard leading the line today for Wellington Phoenix. And history is made in Wellington as the very first professional women's football match in Aotearoa, New Zealand is underway. Yes, the Phoenix did make history yesterday as the first ever match of professional women's football was played in New Zealand with the Wellington Club hosting Melbourne City and while the result didn't go their way, losing 4-1, the support was there. They hoped for 10,000, but uh, that was perhaps a little bit optimistic. They did get 5,213, which sets a record for a standalone A-League women's match. Hopefully it's a sign of things to come as the season looks to build into next year's FIFA Women's World Cup. The Men's World Cup also got underway this morning, so there's uh, plenty on in the football world. When isn't there? And with us now uh, to talk about it is former all-white goalkeeper Jacob Spoonley and, of course, uh, Sky Sport pundit as well. Uh, Jacob, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. It's really great to have you back in the seat, mate. Yeah, nice to be back uh, as well with uh, plenty going on in the uh, beautiful game. Uh, what about that uh, 5,213 uh, yesterday for the Wellington Women's Phoenix team? That's uh, not a bad turnout. It's a great turnout, and as you said, some of these feels optimism around potentially reaching five figures. Uh, David Dome has been an ambitious target, and it's one I think that the club should continue striving for. We want that fan engagement. We want to see our exciting young two players given an opportunity to play professional football in our own backyard. Um, and the game itself was um, a pretty entertaining one. Goals, um, a little bit of tension as they went into the break at nil nil. Um, but I just think that this is potentially a game that uh, Natalie Lawrence and her team will look to learn from more than anything. OK, so um, we'll look at uh, that just very shortly. But on the back of the Black Ferns, mm. um, you know, bringing women's sport to the fore in New Zealand, how important then uh, is it that the Phoenix uh, and the Football Ferns cash in on that as well? Incredibly important, Smitty, and I think in um, a lot of ways long overdue. Um, it quite literally has been a boys' club for a long stint in um, New Zealand sporting history uh, with a lot of attention focused on the men's teams. And I think that's been a little bit short-sighted um, from a commercial perspective, um, if nothing else. Uh, this, is, this represents a market. Um, this represents stakeholders, consumers of the game. Um, and we want to widen the radar. We want to ensure that we provide the... The, um, the best uh, product possible and also uh, reach the largest audience possible. More than that, though, towards the, the gender equality point, um, these players deserve an opportunity. The Black Ferns uh, in the semi-final and final were simply outstanding. The product that they put on the field, the, 
the tension that they were able to create and then the barriers that they overcame uh, in the opposition alone. Uh, and you saw the emotion that it created for our nation where sport is so important. Put simply, we want to create more moments like that. And Natalie Lawrence um, and her team have the opportunity to take the baton from the Blackburns, hold it for this moment, and then they'll look to pass it on to the uh, Ferns as they prepare for the World Cup. So it really is a truly exciting time for football, but more importantly for the growth that we're seeing in women's sport. And the growth has to be quite um, significant and it has to be well supported, of course, because the biggest uh, women's sporting event to ever hit our country will do this time next year. It's a way that seems to be building and building city. Uh, We've got some wonderful fixtures that we will be hosting uh, in the likes of the USA and the Netherlands, a repeat of a World Cup um, final, which will be occurring in our capital. Uh, I think it's going to happen around about August, so there's every chance that the Dutch and the, uh, the Americans get hit with that infamous Wellington Southerly, but it's going to be a party atmosphere, and I think it's going to contrast quite a bit with what we're seeing play in Qatar at the moment. This is going to be um, a World Cup where the world truly comes to New Zealand. They're going to bring so much diversity, so much celebration, so much colour. And um, we hope that we're going to do a much better job than what we're currently seeing out of Qatar and hosting um, these wonderful fans and these wonderful teams. Um, So, look, it is something that's on the horizon. More immediately, though, we do have this Wellington Phoenix team with some young players, but also some established fans. And they'll be looking to put forward their best case to be involved in Klimkova's plans for the World Cup. This is not something that they want to miss out on, and it's going to be a supremely important A-League season for these players. And to be honest, the players throughout the A-League, but importantly, those that will be under the microscope in yellow and black. Pretty important uh, yesterday that they got off to a good start. Um, As you say, they went into the break, and uh, all of a sudden they came out five second half goals, but they unfortunately conceded four of them. So um, a little bit alarming that. It was, and I think there's a combination of factors at play here that I saw. Um, They were adventurous with the ball. They obviously wanted to be positive, but at times there was a lack of precision. There were some passes that were put simply too loose, um, played into the defensive structure that Melbourne City were putting out at times. And look, let's be fair, Smitty. Melbourne City are a team that do have ambitions to be in the final series. They will uh, be one of the teams that does look to upset the apple cart and knock off either Melbourne Victory or Sydney FC. Um, but things have rather play into their hands at times. Um, Maria Rojas, Cote uh, Rojas, she is a, such a wonderful player and really tormented Kate Taylor and Zoe McMeekin down the right-hand side for the Phoenix. Uh, when one-on-one battles, uh, she went past people. Her movement was fantastic, pulled people out of positions and then also brought other teammates into the game, which is exactly what uh, Dario Vidicic wanted to see from um, Rojas, who was leading the line. The Phoenix as well, I think at times once the ball got into the box, there were a couple of soft goals that they did concede. Policina is definitely not a soft goal. That was a wonderful strike. But Rojas danced uh, in between the back line and then threaded it into the near post for the second goal of the day. And that was... I think, uh, a blot on the defensive record of the Wellington Phoenix team. Look, they are resilient. We've seen that in abundance last year where they were really tested in their first season in the A-League. This season, we're going to need to see that resilience turned into effectiveness. And we want to start seeing them not only accumulate points, but good 
put, uh, put in good performances. And yesterday, I think we saw a good performance for around about 45 to 60 minutes. And then it seemed there was a bit of a ceiling that was hit. Uh, Jacob, uh, whilst there's a little bit of a hiatus in uh, the men's A-League because of uh, the World Cup, uh, perhaps not a bad time to just take uh, a little bit of a, a report card from you after six games into the season, the Wellington Phoenix uh, eighth on the ladder. What's your take on that? I think they've been very close, Smithy, on a number of occasions. Look, that eighth could easily be a fourth. Had they seen off Western United, which they should have done uh, in the last game before the World Cup break, then we would be talking about a side that would be in the conversation for that second tier underneath Western Sydney, Wanderers and Melbourne City. Um, I think, again, we've seen a not a slow start from Ufu Tali, but definitely not a start that will replicate or reflect where they will be, I think, in a couple of months' time. Um, there is the expectation that comes with this Phoenix team this season. Tale has got them either in the playoffs or he's got them in the conversation for the playoffs in every season that he has been in charge. This year, he's kept together a core group of players uh, that did well for him over the last two challenging seasons. Uh, he's added to that some really exciting signings and Krayev, and I think Savada's actually been um, a bit of a low-key achiever in how he has provided a foundation for other exciting players to be brought into the game. Um, and so it'll be about getting the alchemy right. And I don't think he's settled on a starting 11 yet, so expect competition for spots coming out of the World Cup break. I think the other thing that is starting to niggle me, Smithy, is the sense of record. Put simply, they've conceded far too many games. I think it's in three of their matches so far they've conceded two or more games, and that is that's too much. It's not the not the not what we've come to expect from a Tale side. So at the moment, I think B. Um, B plus because of the promise um, uh, that they have shown but we need to see that turn into effectiveness You were busy uh, yesterday uh, looking at um, uh, football at another level down but uh, two uh, clubs with great history uh, Auckland City and uh, my very own Miramar Rangers which takes me back about uh, 55 years Um, Auckland got up to win 2-1 to book their spot in the National League final how's that level of football for you? Yeah, it was um, it was a game that Auckland City simply needed to pick up the points. So they were pretty pragmatic. It wasn't um, a game that had fireworks for the full 90 minutes. Uh, Miramar definitely an undercooked side. Scott Hales said at the start of the match that they had lost players to opportunities um, that they were seeking to provide their players throughout the course of the season and weren't re- able to replace them. So they were definitely an understrength team. Um, Auckland City, you can very much see the fatigue setting into Albert Riera's team. Um, they've been going since around about February. It's a very long season for them. Um, they have come up with the trophies um, at every step along the way. The OFC, um, they've won that. The Champ Cup, they've won that. The Northern Regional League, they've won that. They're looking to get their fourth trophy in the cabinet. But it really is time and, and the investment of energy that is starting to wear on them. I think if you look at the overall structure of the league, it's the first season that's been in operation. Um, I would say that there has been a bit of a curving um, of, the, of the quality um, as uh, we've seen a bit of a dilution um, in, in the teams that have competed in the National League. Um, I, don't say that, I wouldn't say that there's been all of National League quality, but it's a great opportunity to, sh- to demonstrate 
that you can go from regional football into the National League over the course of the season. So let's celebrate that. Uh, in terms of the final, I think everyone thought it was going to be Wellington Olympic and Auckland City at the end of the day. Two of the best teams in the competition. For mine, they have two of the best players in the competition, Jack Henry Sinclair and Cam Howison. Garden Coffin is probably the other player that I'd put in that conversation. But I think in two weekends' time, we are going to see um, a, a true fight, a real arm wrestle. Wellington Olympic, the fresher of the two teams, the more motivated of the two teams, they'll look to take the game to Auckland City. And Auckland City, for them, it's really going to be about defending their castle, giving it one last push to confirm this themselves at the top of the pile. And then to also, importantly, get that position in next year's O-League. That's the real big ticket, which is the pathway to the Club World Cup. Right, let's talk about the biggest ticket of all, Jacob Spoonley. Uh, the World Cup got underway uh, this morning, uh, creating history, actually. Qatar, by being the first home nation to lose the uh, opening game of a World Cup in 92 years, losing 2-0 to Ecuador. Uh, what did you make of that? Well, it's definitely a World Cup of a lot of firsts, buddy. Um, that's for sure. <laughs> um, they were disappointing. Incredibly disappointing. This is a side that has been backed by its government to the extent of $200 billion. Um, they're playing the World Cup opening game, as you said, in their own backyard. They haven't played club football for six months. They have simply concentrated on this one moment. And they came out in a back five. Um, and I could only think that was to provide numbers um, because they didn't believe that they could actually take this game to Ecuador. Um, El Shabib in goal seems to be a liability, um, particularly under the high ball. I can't see this World Cup going particularly well for Qatar. And the frustrating thing for me is that they have put so much money, they've, put, they've had so many arguments about this World Cup. Set aside the issues with human rights, set aside the issues with um, the migrant workers, those who have died building this World Cup. And at the 60-minute mark, you've got a stadium that's half full because the locals don't want to show up. They don't want to see their team um, lose uh, in the way and the manner in which they did. That's, that for me, just that, that, that cuts across everything that the World Cup is about. It is a celebration. And if you don't want to celebrate the World Cup and having it and hosting it, then you don't deserve it. Mm, it's, uh, I think we're going to hear that uh, quite a lot, uh, Jacob, throughout the next uh, month or so. Anyway, uh, tomorrow morning, uh, of course, games of note, in particular England's debut against uh, Iran. So is that uh, what you'd call an easy start to proceedings for Gareth Southgate or not? No, no, it's not. Um, I think this is going to be an England side that is really um, weighed down by uh, the the expectation that they will be facing, uh, particularly at home, but also for the, the travelling media and fans that they do have. I think Gareth Southgate has a tendency to be very conservative. He's probably got one of the best generations uh, in England's footballing history, not necessarily in the 11 that he put out in the park, but for the depth and the range of options that he can employ. The side can change um, throughout the course of the tournament, but also across the, the 90 minutes. And what we've seen from him is that he's gone for those defensively solid players, those players that he really trusts to execute his game plan. And when he does that, I think we've seen him sacrifice um, the ambition, the excitement uh, that these players can create. Um, I look at Trent Alexander-Arnold, for example, and um, obviously being a Liverpool fan, 
a little bit biased in this, but he is somebody that is wonderful going forward. He is somebody that can bring in those really exciting players um, further up the pitch. But Gareth Southgate simply just doesn't trust him, it seems, and, and won't utilise him. So there's a cap that's been put on um, not only the individual uh, contribution from his players, but also it seems to be there's a cap on what this England team can actually go out and achieve over the course of the World Cup. That said, Smithy, a World Cup semi-final and a Euros final, um, he has proven himself to be um, an astute manager across tournaments. Um, I think they'll need to have a comprehensive win to really allay anxieties about what this team will do in Qatar. Jacob Spoonley, always great to catch up with you, mate. Love your enthusiasm for the game. And uh, we shall catch up often, I'm sure, within the next uh, few weeks as the World Cup unfolds. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.